morning, everybody. Woo, this microphone is warm. Stuff going on up in here. <laughs> I'm sorry I wasn't with you last week. Uh, uh, Amory and I took a, a spur of the moment uh, road trip, and the Lord took us to um, an evangelical church with friends of ours, and uh, they were teaching on miracles. And the pastor said, um, I'm going to um, excuse us early today. The lights are dimmed. You may have just come for the teaching. Um, you may have come just for the experience. And he just gently said, the prayer ministers have a vial of oil. They are going to put one hand on your shoulder, one hand on your head, and anoint you. And he gave those scriptures. And we are going to believe for miracles. And um, I didn't know what I was in for. As I was walking into the church, the first service was walking out. And all these people were like, just hold on to your seats, hold on to your seats, you know. I thought, wow. We, it was in a mall. It was a service corridor. You entered into this service corridor, and then you showed up in like this, like a Sears store. It was amazing. I came out, and all the drapes were down, and I was lost. Because then, you know, Maurice's and all the other stores were open. Anyways, it was funny. I missed you. But it is a testimony to say that God is present, right? He's ever-present. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time when we open our eyes and turn to ask him where he is. Amen? I'm thankful we're not the only church in the New River Valley. There's lots of phenomenal parts of the body of Christ out making in the highway and the byway and making it happen that we get to join our arms with, right? Amen? Amen? Someone asked me the other day, they said, you know, we don't, why don't we pass the offering basket? I, I'm not going to get into a long dissertation. I will tell you that that's what the Lord's told us to do right now. Some of you lean on the offering box back there, which is fine. I'm believing that you're praying for it. Amy, could, could you uh, put the offering link? Do you have that bit.ly link up there? You can go online. You can give one time. You can give over and over. You can tell the machine, I get paid this much and this is how much I want every time to give. And someone said, well, then do, will it tell me what I've been giving? Yes, only you and on your login. So I just want to thank you for being generous. I want to thank you for being obedient. Um, all bills are paid today because of your obedience. Come on, that's something to be excited about. Kimberly came to me one day and she said, uh, hey, I don't know if we can pay this bill today. I said, when did it come? She said, yesterday. I said, I think there's a 30-day a, a window. And she says, well, she says, I'd like to get it paid. And I said, I do too, but we can wait one week. And it's great to be in a body of people where we're not holding things. Come on, churches all over the place, they hold things, and even the banquet is a bad reputation, and the church shouldn't have that reputation. So I want you to know that, that, that your bills are paid. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to know there's good stuff in the bulletin. I know that you can read. I'm going to trust you with that. Okay? So uh, I am going to highlight that part of being part of the body of Christ is FCA, uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And once a year, they do something called Fields of Faith. I think you guys talked about it last week. You had an offering. It's this Wednesday at Blacksburg. It's the second uh, event in two weeks that's Blacksburg plus Christiansburg. Another group just did something yesterday. When the world wants us to divide, see, we're not about division. It's about coming together. And FCA is one of those tools. Young Life is one of those tools in our schools that say, hey, we're better together. We're better together. You don't have to be a kid. You don't have to be a student. You don't have to be an educator to go. Go light up Blacksburg's field Wednesday night. Take church to the community. Amen? 
Amen? Yeah. I'm the only one excited. I'll also just say a quick, um, you, Connect Group started, but there's still room for you. There's still room for you. You should have gotten one of these. You can sign up online. You can sign up down here. It's really helpful. Just remember, they, these are the ones that are, are, do have several mistakes. <laughs> but Mitch's, Mitch's and Leah's uh, group is on Tuesdays, and um, the marriage group and George is they're the same every Monday. So just wanted to let you know. Great. Every Mondays, every Tuesdays, there's room for you. Amen. If you missed last week, it's okay. There's grace for that. If there's grace for errors in the bulletin, there's grace for that. Also, I, you guys may have come last week, but I'm going to just say a big warm welcome to Becky and Brian. Can you guys, Mr. and Mrs., they have, they were glowing before, but they have a different glow on their face. And, and I think that we, we may have missed this last week because it all happened in morning hours, but there's a new baby, Quessenberry, cradling the earth today, right? So Daniel's going to come and share the word with us, and I'll get a stand after I pray for him. Lord, I thank you that the word of God rests in this man. The spirit of God rests in him. Lord, even when he was sharing with me Tuesday what, what you were speaking to him, there was an excitement and a vibrancy. And so, Lord, we tune our ears. We tune our hearts. Lord, we, we open ourselves because the word of God is good to us. The word of God is great for us. The word of God makes a fruitful deposit in us in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Everybody awake. I love you, Joe. We're going to take a special offering for Joe this morning. We love that attitude, Joe. Seriously, good morning, everyone. Everyone happy? Everyone good? So um, just by a show of hands, how many of you here really enjoy losing? Could you, would you please raise your hand? Losing weight. Okay. That was, you got me on that one. Just ruined my illustration. No. Uh, how many of you really enjoy winning? Would you raise your hand? Winning. So the rest of you like to tie. The rest of you want to tie? Okay. I just realized, like, I, I don't like to lose. I'm confession time right up. This is a very vulnerable place. You should try it sometime. It's very, it's very vulnerable. But uh, um, I definitely don't like to lose. But I have, unfortunately, been on a losing streak. So in the church, we've got this fantasy football league, and um, yeah, Liam, go ahead, gloat, boast, brag, pride before the fall. So, um, but um, where's Zach Williams? Is he here? Zach just stepped out. Well, Zach are the two. Zach and I are the two older guys in this league. The rest of them are youth in the youth group in the church. And so, you know, we were just determined to teach these youngsters a few lessons. So, but I've been on a pretty bad losing streak. Lost the last two weeks. Is that Amber Alert? Is that coming through phones? Or is that would y'all turn your phones off? No, actually. All right, yeah, we're gonna take a moment. Let's pray. Let's pray for that. Well, Lord, we just thank you for technology that um, that serves to help. And so, Lord, we just pray right now for the child in that Amber Alert. God, we thank you for wisdom that you will give to authorities. We thank you for a sound mind that right now you can give to whoever has that child, Lord, to return the child to where it needs to go. So, Lord, we just, we just speak your angels, your host of angels, be about that child or children. Lord, we just thank you, Father. We thank you that, um, 
that you are working because we are praying. And so, Lord, we just um, we look forward to a good report. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks, Brian. Okay. So, uh, anyways, back to losing. <laughs> um, so, also as well, so I've just been in a place where yesterday we went to this uh, Christiansburg, Blacksburg. If you don't know anything about them, the rivalry in this area, the high schools are rival high schools. But they did this event yesterday. It was a cornhole tournament to raise money for the volleyball team. So there was Christiansburg coaches and parents, Blacksburg coaches and parents working together to raise money. Well, so, but it is a cornhole tournament. And, and there is there's prizes involved. There's, you know, rewards involved. So Katie and I go, and we're really, I'm honestly, it's just my nature. You can ask Val. I don't know what you call it, but I really think we're going to win the grand prize. <laughs> I, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, they don't, we're going to win, what, 100 bucks or something like that. So it's a fundraiser, which is kind of funny because the parents pay, like, all the money during the season for uniforms, for all that stuff. And then they do a community fundraiser, and it's the parents that pay for their children, and they pay to play, and they buy all the stuff. So it's a great idea. So anyway, so Kay and I are in a bracket of six teams. There's six teams for this first. It's a round robin before you move into the knockout round. Six teams. The top four go into the next round. We came in fourth place in the round robin um, stage of that thing. So it's just taking this place of, you know, this hit of feeling like, man, there's this, this place of feeling like you're, you're losing. You're like, this is not good. And then I met a guy from Christiansburg. Um, he graduated the same year I did from our rivalry high school, Garfield High School. I was at Woodbridge High School. I played football. He was the quarterback for Garfield High School. I'm talking to him, and he reminds me that they knock us out of the playoffs they go on to win the state championship, which was quite devastating. But you know what I realized is, you know, we are not designed to lose. God did not create us or make us to lose. Do you all agree with that? Like, he created us, and he designed us to win. I mean, one of the worst things I think we could do to young people is teach them how to lose. Now, hear me out. I think we need to teach people how to respond to loss but we don't need to teach people to lose. Hence, it's not a good idea to give trophies to the last place team. That teaches you that losing is okay. Like, losing is not okay. I don't want to get comfortable with losing. In the kingdom of God, we are called to win. It's a win-win. We're not called. We don't want to get used to not losing. We don't want to get comfortable of seeing our city, our communities, and our neighborhoods not Go from glory to glory and better to better. Like, that's, let's not get comfortable with that. That's not acceptable. It's not God's plan. We're not called. We don't, want, we don't get trophies for marriages breaking up. We don't get trophies for addictions. We don't get trophies for children getting abducted. We don't get out of... We're not called to lose. We are called to make a difference in every sphere, in every area, in every life. And I want to talk to you about this morning, even so practically... How do we go into every situation and add life? How can we bring life into every situation you're in? How can you add value into every situation? As simple as it is, it may be walking into a restroom. You may be in a board meeting with the president of your company. And how do we do it? How do we bring value into those situations and circumstances? How do we bring life? That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Does anyone in here want more of God's presence? Okay, I think we're all like, that's a really good thing, right? Anybody want more of God's blessings and more of God's favor in your life? Yeah. 
Okay? It wasn't quite as strong as the presence part, right? I mean, I want all of God's presence. Yeah, yeah, I just want a little of his blessings and a little bit of his favor. I just want to encourage you this morning, they go together. They go together. If you get his presence, you're living in presence, you're walking in presence, you have blessings. You have favor. This morning, I want us to talk about presence. And I want us to use, I'm going to use this phrase this morning. It might be a little, let me just throw it out there. Our goal is to add value wherever we go. And I want to talk about that comes out of presence, a life of living in presence. Now, here's the key. Obviously, the key is that the motive is love. So no matter what situation I'm in, no matter what situation you're in, if you go into it, I want to bring life, I want to add value into the situation, we're working off the assumption in the platform that the heart behind that is love. It's not to build my own kingdom. It's not to get self-recognition. It's not even for my own promotion necessarily, but it is because I love. Is that, so can I just assume that we're working off the foundation of love? How many of y'all know this, that God aggressively seeks after worshipers. God is attracted to, God is drawn to worshipers. So here's a definition of worship. It is a lifestyle filled with expressions of love that add value. Let me say that again. Worship is a lifestyle filled with expressions that add value. What does the word worship literally mean? It means to ascribe worth, to ascribe value. Now, I know you're probably thinking, and so am I, you can't add value, you can't add worth to God. Amen. I agree with you. We can't. But what we can do is we can recognize that value, we can recognize that worth, and we could say, he is the worthy one, there's no one, nothing more valuable than him, and then we can respond appropriately out of that. It's called worship. And when it's in love, it is so attractive to him. When we do that out of a place of love, it draws his attention. It is attractive. Are you with me? It's a lifestyle filled with expressions of love that add value. Expressions of love that add value. So when out of love, I say, you're amazing, God. I love you, God. Well, Here's a practical example. Last week, Leanne was here. And I don't know if you... If if you were here, you remember there were three young girls sitting right here last week. Leanne asked those girls to stand up. They stood up, and she spoke a prophetic word. You may not be familiar with what a prophetic word is. In our culture context, and according to the scripture, it's edification, it's exhortation, it's to build up, it's to speak life. Jesus said that his words, the words that he spoke, were spirit and life. So in other words, when Jesus spoke a word, it brought forth life. It gave life. Another way to say it, it brought value. Would you agree the word of God is valuable? Yeah. Right? So what happens is Leanne gets up. She asks these three girls to get up, and she starts speaking a prophetic word. She starts speaking life into each one of these young girls. And it was beautiful. Because, see, what happens is Leanne is in a place. She's worshiping the Lord. She is in presence. When you're in presence, she is out of love responding to God. God begins to just reveal things to her, specifically things about these three young girls. So Leanne takes that out of being in presence, out of worshiping him, and adds value into these three girls' lives. 
And it was, it was quite beautiful. Hashes, were you there? You saw it. Was your daughter part of that? Simona's? You, your daughter was part of that? Val? Whose attention do you think it really grabbed when she called those three girls to stand up? Mom and dad, right? The moment those three girls stood up, each parent was going, whoop. All eyes went on those three girls. And I, it was really interesting. Later on in service, at the end of service, Leah, you grabbed the mic and you were talking about the effect that Leanne's word that she gave to Kristen had on you. And I thought, I thought, that's so cool. Like, so Leanne is adding value, speaking life into Kristen. It catches Leah's attention. And Leah makes a comment, paraphrase, I love you even more, Leanne. Because when you love my kids, when you give expressions of love that add value to my kids, you just won me over. You want to get me? Bless my children. Parents, true or false? You want to work your way into my favor? You want to work your way into, like, I want more of your time, more of your relationship? Now, understand, I'm not, I'm not trying to make it a system or formula. Just understand the heart of a parent. You want me to like you, love my children. You want to get on my bad side? Do something against my children. Right? Parents, are you right? Are you with me? That's what worship is. When we love the son, the father goes, oh, oh, you're loving on my son. You are loving on my son. You just gave value. Not, you know, we don't add value to the son. You understand what I'm saying? That you bring something that's of worth. You're bringing, you're bringing your heart. What could be more valuable than yourself? What's the value of that? His blood, his life, right? So when you come and you bring yourself, you're, and, and the father goes, whoa, 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 whoa. You are lifting up my son. I will draw you unto me. You lift up my son, I will draw you unto me. And when you come unto me, you are now encountering presence. And in his presence, there is no lack. In his presence, there is fullness of every resource, of everything that you need for life is found in one place. And it's in his presence. So we spend time in presence, in love, being with him, we encounter his presence, and then we look to add value everywhere we go. And that attracts more presence. See, presence is the key going in to a situation to add value. Because as I get time with him and I begin to encounter his love, do you know what that does to me? God, you love me like that? I want to be a better lover. There's something about it. You just want to be like him. The more you get to know him in the real, you see how good he is. Because you, you, you're coming into destiny, destined, created purpose, if that makes any sense at all. You are made in his image and likeness. You are destined to be like him. And so because he so loved the world, what did he do? He took, right? God so loved the world, he took it. No, God so loved the world, he what? He gave. It is the nature of love is to give. So when we're with the Father and we are receiving love, we are drinking in love, it's the nature to want to give. You can't hold that. You can't contain that. Or you become like the Dead Sea. You can only receive so much before you become stagnant. 
You want to make a difference in every circumstance, in every situation of life? Look for ways to add value, to add value into any and every situation that you're in. It is truly about presence. God's presence in your life, in my life, becomes the doorway for those around us to encounter him. That's kind of the plan. <laughs> That's kind of the plan. He said, I'm going to go, church. And don't worry, you're not alone. I'm going to give you my presence, Holy Spirit. He's going to dwell in you. Praise the Lord, though. How many of y'all know there's different facets of Holy Spirit? He doesn't just dwell in you. The Bible says he walks among you. It says he comes upon you. And each one of those aren't all one and the same. They carry different purposes. I love a statement Bill Johnson said. He says, God, Holy Spirit, he dwells in you for your sake, but he comes upon you for their sake. I know everything Bill says is good. Like, I just quote Bill, and it's good. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, we're quoting a man that's still alive, like, on a regular basis. What's going to happen when he's gone? I mean, it's just amazing the wisdom and the stuff that comes forth out of him. So let me read this. Psalm 67, verse 1. You don't have to turn there. We're going we're gonna to turn there. But before I say this, I want to make sure that, that we catch something here because the fruit of his presence is so good that if we're not tempted, we could think that his presence is a means to the end. I mean, if we're not careful, we could be tempted to think God's presence is a means for the end. You want to have a good service Sunday mornings? Get his presence, right? Attract his presence. His presence shows up. You want to start moving in power? You start moving in the gifts? What do you need? His presence, right? You need joy. What do you need? His presence. You need peace. You need his presence. So if we're not careful, one, we've got to work off the foundation that this is, this is a heart of love. This is a heart of love. Number two, that his presence is not a means to an end. His presence is the end. It's really important that you catch that because what I'm about to share is going to sound almost like a system or strategy. It's not. It, I mean, it's, he's not a slot machine, right? Because he knows heart. He knows motives. He knows. Like, he, he really loves to be valued for who he is. Sometimes we think that, that God is like this, he's like robotic almost in nature, like he's a system or machine. He's not. He has feelings. He loves to be loved. He loves to be valued. He loves to be honored. Just makes him feel better. <laughs> I know that sounds kind of weird, but he's a being. He's created. He has feelings. He has emotions, right? And the, the thing he wants more than anything else is for you to love him. The greatest two commandments that exist in the New Testament are the love the Lord your God with a portion of yourself. It's love the Lord your God with all of your mind, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, with everything that is in you, love the Lord your God. Is he so lacking that he needs that? Like, does that somehow add value to him? No, it doesn't add value to him. It makes him feel better. It brings delight. It brings joy. It brings pleasure. Any parent, when you're getting along with your children and your children are love you, does it not bring you joy? Does it not bring you delight? Does it not bring you satisfaction? Or do you enjoy strife and, 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 and rebellion and just, what do you enjoy in relationships and families? He loves to be loved. He loves to be loved. And he's the one worthy 
most worthy of love. But the cool thing is, is when we love him and we worship him, he's designed it in such a way that we become like him. We actually become like the one we attribute and ascribe the most worth to. If I attribute and ascribe the most worth to earthly relationships, then I will conform to what earthly, whatever that earthly relationship is, requires. If it's finances, if it's resources, if it's popularity, if it's job, if it's attainment, what do you consider to be most valuable? You will ultimately conform to that image. You will conform. So if you see him as the most valuable one, the most worthy one, he's created us and he's designed us in such a way that you become like him in doing that. That's a pretty cool motive, isn't it? From God's perspective. I love you, and I've designed you. When we worship you, you become like me. What could be better for you than to become like him? Anything? Nothing. That's a pretty awesome God that he created us that way, to worship him. Okay, y'all ready? Psalm 67.1, be gracious to us. Another way, other translations say, God, give us favor and bless us. And cause your face to shine upon us. And you know, face in the Hebrew, when you see the word face, it's another word for what? Come on, face to face. Do you remember when the Westoffs were here? Presence. Presence. Face to face is presence. So he's saying, cause your face to shine upon us. In other words, we want your presence. He says, be gracious to us, Lord. Give us favor. Bless us. Give us your presence. That's pretty selfish. That's a pretty self-centered prayer. I hear all this, me, me, give me your presence, your favor, your blessings, me, me, me. It's in Psalm 67. Cause your face to shine upon us. Get this, though, that your way may be known on the earth. Did you catch that? Bless us, Lord. We need your presence. With your presence comes blessings and comes favor so that your way may be known on the earth. How are people going to know how good you are? How do people in this world that don't know him, how do they come to realize how good he really is? Your sal let your salvation among the nations. And then and it goes on to say this. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you will judge the peoples with uprightness and guide the nations on the earth. It's such a cool thing. God, he's saying, God, give me your favor. I need your presence. I need your blessings. And I need your favor so that the world knows how good you are. So that they, in turn, will praise you. So they, in turn, will look to you. They will turn to you. He's not saying, I need your presence so I can have your blessings and your favors. So I can build my own kingdom unto myself. He's saying, I want your presence. And I want your blessings. And I want your favor so I can make a difference and that those around me can see how good you really are. When people look at my life, I want them to come to this conclusion, God is good. When people look at my family, I want them to come to the conclusion, God is good. When people see the way I go about doing a job for someone, I want them to say, God is good. When people say, wow, look at how you raise your children, I want them to say God is good. When people see the way we treat one another, I want them to say, wow, God is good. They will know you are 
who you say you are by how you love one another. Not by just the words that we speak. Ephesians 2.6 says, God raised us up with him. Who are we with? Him. That's presence, right? God raised us up with him, and then he seated us with him. Who are we with? God raised us up. He exalts us. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to speak to you like your, like your elementary school, asking you questions. God, make sure you're following me. It does help, though, to know that you're following me. It just encourages me, okay? So, so what happens is, so he, God did what? He exalts us. He lifts us up. God raises us up. He exalts us. And then what does he do? He seats us. Where? At the end of the table? With him. Where is he? The throne. Where's Jesus? The right end of the throne. He raises us up. He exalts us. He blesses us. And then he seats us with him. How many of you say, that's good news? What if we live from that posture? What if we live from the posture that I've been exalted, I've been promoted, I've been raised up, and I am seated next to the king? I don't know about you, but sometimes, depending on the person that I'm around, it can have an effect on how I behave. I know that's not good Christian behavior because you want to be the same who you are all the time. and all But you get around a president, you get around the president of a company, the president of a corporation. You, Sean owns Tangent Outfitters. I bet when some of his workers around Sean, they act just a little bit different than maybe they would act around the co-workers. Do you know what I'm saying? Sometimes people do that. They act a little bit different around the people that are most important, they deem who are the most important in that certain situation than, than they would around other people. Where was I going with that? <laughs> I lost my train of thought. It was really good, though. It was really good. All right, let's get back to, maybe I just stick to the word. Stick to the word. All right, right here. So it says, so get this. He raised us up and he seated us with him. And listen to the rest of the verse. So that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Paraphrase. God has promoted you so he could show off. God has promoted you so he could show off. God wants to show the world how good he really is. Do you want to partner with him? <laughs> You'd be crazy not to take that deal. <laughs> Think about it. God wants to show the world how, how good he really is. Do you want to partner with him? I do. I do. Because when the world sees fullness Abundance, blessing, prosperity, life. They're interested. Seriously, what drew you? Was it because you just wanted to die? Lay down your life? Most of us come in a, a, a pretty selfish. Most of us come into the kingdom with a selfish motive. I don't want to die. Go to hell. <laughs> a lot of us aren't knocking on the door saying, I want to lay down my life and serve you and live for you forever. We're going, I'm tired of being lonely. I'm tired of being addicted. I'm tired of being broken. I'm tired of losing. <laughs> so I'm a little upset with you, church. I'm going to get this off my shoulders. Our softball team right now is one in six, and I think it's because y'all aren't praying for us. 
because it has nothing to do with our talent level or our coach. Where's Coach Philbeck? Coach, when you leave today, pat Coach Philbeck, Tim Philbeck on the back and say, you're doing a good job. You are doing a good job. That man makes about 20 phone calls a week, 20 texts, just to try to get us all to the game on time. But we're losing, and I'm sick of it. And I want to know, how are we going to witness to these teams if we keep losing? Sick of it. All right. Tired of losing. Y'all, we can partner with God. We just have to trust him. We just have to trust him. We really have to trust him. And that's the gap for a lot of us. Because we stand right here. And he's saying, if you ascribe the ultimate worth to me, if you value me above everything else on this earth, and you seek to live a life in my presence, I will be attracted to you in greater ways. Not just in you. If you're a believer, he's in you. This isn't, this isn't about losing presence in you. But he says, I will come upon you, and I will walk with you. I will walk among situations and circumstances. You will be able to add value in ways you could never imagine on your own. Peace, you can deposit peace in an anxious situation that you could never do on your own. You can give joy where there's a lot of just hopelessness and a lot of sadness and a lot of depression. You could actually add and bring joy into people's lives. That's adding value. And you know what it does? When we bless God's children, it attracts him. It's important, though. It's hard to give something away that you do not possess. You possess when he, you are possessed. When you are possessed with him, being in his presence, you possess. He doesn't withhold any good gift from you. He freely gives you. He didn't say, I'm going to give you my son. I'm going to hold back some of my joy, some of my peace, some of my abundance, some of my provisions, some of my wisdom, some of my insight, some of my joy. I think I said that already. He doesn't withhold it. He gives it to us. But it's a relationship. It comes out of communion. It comes out of abiding. It comes out of presence because you spend time with him. You rub off on him. You sit close enough to him. You actually leave smelling like him. He actually, the fragrance you release everywhere you go comes from abiding. It comes from sitting. It comes from resting, being with him. You walk into situations that lack wisdom. All of a sudden, you start getting ideas, wisdom from God. You bring wisdom into the situation. And people go, whoa. You're so smart. You go, let me tell you. I love Joseph's response. He gets called out of the prison. He goes, I hear you interpret dreams. You know what Joseph said? Don't interpretations belong to God. He says it before he even interprets it. He puts God out there right out of the way. I love it. I'm like, I usually wait to see if it works. (laughs) I'm like, I pray for you. I'll pray for you. Yeah, that wasn't God. That was flesh. Sorry. That was me. You know, he says, God interprets dreams. What's your dream? In other words, he was so confident that he lived in the presence of God, he knew there wasn't a gap there. 
He was so confident in where he was with God that to be, to him to speak was like God was speaking. Sort of like Jesus. The words that you speak, I speak that which I hear. How did he do that? He didn't go open the mail every day, open up emails and say, what are you saying today, God? It was abiding presence. It was living in his presence. Luke 4.18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. The spirit of the Lord is upon who? Jesus, right? This is Jesus speaking this. Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The gospel is good news to the poor. Did you guys catch that? In other words, he's saying, the spirit of the Lord is upon me so I can add value to the poor. I'm going to bring life to the poor. I'm going to add value to the poor. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives. This is adding value. When you release a captive, can you say, you just added value to my life? Anybody ever been in bondage? Anybody ever been set free? Anybody ever been healed of depression or anxiety or something like that? Does it not make a world of difference? Would you rather live with being depressed or would you rather live full of joy? Listen, we all want joy. Would you rather live in a state of fear and anxiety or in a state of peace? We all want peace, right? Jesus added value and brought life everywhere he went. He goes on to say, release to the captives and recovery to the sight of the blind, to free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Here's the paraphrase. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me for you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me for you. Because the last time I checked, he wasn't blind. Jesus wasn't blind. He wasn't oppressed. He wasn't captive. He wasn't poor. Am I missing anything? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me so I can add value in your life. And see, what Leanne, when Leanne spoke that over Kristen, she didn't make Kristen more worth. She didn't. Kristen's worth is established and determined by God. But she brought something of worth and value into Kristen's life. Right? That's what we're talking about when we're talking about adding value into people's lives. God determines our worth. Period. It's important to know that. It's important to get that established. God's presence in our life is to become a doorway for others to encounter him. Is God's presence in our lives adding value to the lives of those around us? That's the question I've been asking myself. Now, the question is, is what does this look like? Let's get practical for a little while. What does this look like? So we're going to look, if you want to open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 39, we're going to look at verses 1 through 6. Let me give you a little backdrop and context to Genesis 39 one through six. Familiar with the story of Joseph. You have Abraham, Father Abraham. You had Abraham, Isaac. Then you had Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons. And one of his 12 sons was Joseph. Do you remember Joseph has this dream? He's telling his brothers they're going to bow down to him. They're going to serve him. And his brothers didn't take too kindly to that, did they? So let's, the journey's like this. Brothers throw Joseph in the pit. Actually, they wanted to kill him at first. They're just like, let's kill him. 
And I forget, one of the older brothers said, no, 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 let's not kill him. Let's not kill him. Throw him into the pit. So they throw him into the pit, and then they end up, it was the Ishmaelites that were coming by in a caravan. And so they end up, okay, instead of killing him, let's sell him into slavery. So, so they don't kill him, praise God. They sell, but they hate him. He knows he's hated. He's thrown into a pit, and then he's sold into slavery. Can anyone say, that's a bad day? A bad day, a bad week, a bad month. It's just not good. So look at in verse, so that's kind of the backdrop that we've got going on right there. Now remember, you're going from someone that, man, the sky, the, the sky is, it's his. I mean, before this happened, he's having dreams of ruling. He's his father's favorite. He knows destiny and good things are before him. He, it's a train wreck, y'all. I mean, he's looking forward. He's excited. He's happy. He's going to rule and reign. He's the father's favorite. He knows it. And the next thing you know, he's in a pit wondering if he's going to live or die. This is not good. Then he's sold into slavery. So look at verse 12. Let's, let's pick up the story in verse, uh, chap, chapter 39, verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. I don't know what it would feel like to be bought. I'm guessing that's like, like you're for sale. Like Human beings are not meant to be for sale. That's not what you were created. He's in bondage. And he goes from being in bondage to being enslaved. He's enslaved. Now, I think about it. I'm like, you know, I won't go there. I'm just saying how he got there wasn't just mere coincidence. He did some dumb things. Okay, he had some strongholds. He had some issues, but that did not justify what his brothers did to him. Are you with me? We would say the man had some strongholds. <laughs> he had some strongholds. And the strongholds, and where he ended up was he's being sold to Potiphar. Now look at verse 2 with me. It says, the Lord was with Joseph. Would you repeat after me? The Lord was with Joseph. One more time, ready? The Lord was with Joseph. Now that's really important. Because you know what? We need him in life. We need him in death. We need him on good days. We need him on bad days. We need him all the time. We need the Lord. And it says, the Lord was with Joseph. Here's presence, y'all. Joseph, something happened. He's starting to grow up. <laughs> Maybe he was in the, in the pit. <laughs> you know, like sometimes, you know, God can use pits. He didn't throw Joseph in the pit, but he can sure use pits. Some people are hard-headed. It takes a pit maybe to get, to get attention, right? I, I had to go in a pit. Anybody here had to go in a pit? I, God, I had to go in a pit to get my attention. I don't think it was God's plan A, but I'm just thankful he redeemed me out of the pit, right? So he's in a pit. And it says, but the Lord was with him. Look at this next phrase. So he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now his master saw that the Lord was with him. That is rocking my world right there. How is it that an unbeliever whose eyes are veiled, whose mind is covered up, I'm sorry, his mind is veiled, whose eyes are covered up, how is it that he recognizes that God is with Joseph? I mean, he wasn't in the flesh. He wasn't, God wasn't with Joseph walking with him in the flesh, right? How was it that an unbeliever recognizes that God is with this man, who, by the way, isn't having the best of days? 
We're not talking about someone that it's easy. You interview the winning team after they just won the championship. God is good. You know, like, yeah, we all say God is good when everything is good in our lives, right? That's not where he's living in. Y'all like, he's in the program, but worse. He is in, he has just got demoted. He just got fired. He just got kicked out of the family. He just never got invited back to family vacation. Never. It's a bad day. And they say, God, we see that God is with you. And how the Lord causes all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight, and he became his personal servant. And he made him overseer of his house, and all that he owned he put in his charge. Now it came about that from, time to, from the time he made him overseer in his house and over all that he owned, now get this, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house. Egyptian's not a believer. The Egyptian is enslaved, one of God's kids. Yet God is starting to bless the Egyptian. What's going on? It goes on to say, in his house and over all that he owned, on account of who? On account of Joseph. Why? Because Joseph loved. Joseph lived in presence. And also, I think that's such a good, he's such a good father. Oh, that, this, this means something to you. It means something to me. Right? How are you going to get out of this situation? How are you going to make a difference when everything in the world is against you? How are you going to add value? Because I'll tell you this, I don't think Potiphar had any financial needs. I don't think Joseph had anything to give him. I don't think Joseph had anything of any kind of financial substance to get him. But what was it about Joseph and the way he carried himself that an unbeliever concluded, God is with you? You know what? I believe it was the way he cleaned the toilets. I believe it was the way he cared for the house. I believe it was the way he cleaned. I believe it was the compassion that he had towards Potiphar. I believe it was the way he loved Potiphar. I believe he loved Potiphar. I believe he served Potiphar. And when Potiphar needed counsel, guess who they called? Where did this wisdom come from? Where did this wisdom come from? See, even as a slave, he found a way to add value into a situation where he said, what could he possibly have to offer here? What do I possibly have to offer that can bring value into this situation? And Joseph did it because it says God was with him. He became a successful man. Potiphar recognized everything that he did prospered. That's a good idea, the idea prospered. Everything Joseph touched prospered. In essence, his whole house was blessed because of God's heart towards Joseph. See, prosperity is more about blessing than possessing. See, God wants you to live in a place of prosperity. He does not want you living out of a place of lack. Because when you're in lack, if I don't have it, I don't have it. If I ask you all right now this morning, I only accept cash. We need to raise $5,000 in cash right now to send someone to a mission field. If you didn't have the cash, you couldn't give the cash, right? 2 Corinthians, I think it's 
9.8 says that, man, he's supplied enough grace, so there's enough sufficiency, so there's enough abundance, that you would have an abundant mouth for every good work. Because it's the good works. It's the good deeds. It's the things that go, whoa. How did, man, your God is good. Your God is good. But if you don't possess it, if you don't have it, you don't have it to give. It is about blessing, not about possessing. It's not, and it can look like a lot of things. Whatever the situation calls for, does it call for wisdom? Are you walking in presence? You have the mind of Christ that can offer wisdom when a situation calls for it. I know some of us have different strengths and weaknesses. When it calls for wisdom, I call Val. I don't start here, although I think God could download wisdom right here. But there is a, an endowment, there's a gift of wisdom that she walks in. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. It's not like all of us got to do this on our own. Everyone can't do everything, but everyone can do something, right? I can marry the right person, and I can do a lot, right? But one thing I can do, and I recognize this, when there's anxiety, I, I, I can bring peace. I, I notice this when I'm in a real anxious situation. Sometimes if I just put my hands on them, and I know it's not always this simple, it's not a magic trick, but when I just put my hands on them, Brandon has this too. Brandon walks in peace. I can tell you, there's been times where Brandon has prayed for me, and it's just like this. My body goes, Boop. like I, I catch myself from falling, but I'm so relaxed. He just added value because there was anxiety, there was fear, there was worry, and he comes. How many of y'all think mental health and emotional health is valuable to your soul, to your livelihood, to your being, to your destiny, right? Okay, are we going okay? Let's keep on going. Where's the New Testament passage for this? It says that everything you do, do as unto the Lord. Everything you do, do as unto the Lord. And so Joseph added value everywhere he went. It, isn't, it didn't matter if he was in front of the president or the CEO or the baker and the cupbearer that were in prison. Yeah, Potiphar, I'm going to be on my best behavior, man. I'm going to be on my A game. I'm going to serve like crazy. I'm going to give like crazy. He's going to get my very best because I know he has the power to promote me, right? But when I get down in jail, there's no one in here that can help me. Certainly the cupbearer. And the Brit Baker, what are they going to do for me? They can't do anything for me. But he doesn't do that. You know what it says? It says that Joseph ministered and cared for the baker and the cupbearer. And you know what it says? It says that God was with them in prison. And they recognized there was something different about him. In fact, the guard said, I'm clocking out. Go ahead, Joseph. Take care of the whole prison. See, it didn't matter if it was in the Potiphar's house or he was in prison. He was the same. He was the same no matter where he was. He was the same person. Whether he was, had an opportunity to be promoted or he didn't have an opportunity to be promoted. Joseph was not only able to diagnose a problem, he was, off, he was able to offer solutions to the problem. You know, do we got any, we got any um, um, fault, you know, never, that's not a good question. <laughs> I'm like, I was going to say, do we got any fault finders in here? Like, <laughs> I meant to say, do we have any problem solvers in here? That's what I meant to say. Yes, do we have any problem solvers in here? Okay, right, like, 
there, I, I naturally, even, guys, this is amazing. Even without walking with the Spirit, I can find fault. <laughs> I, I, can, I can walk in the flesh and find fault. I really can. I can find fault everywhere. I can find fault in Val. I can find fault in the kids. I can find fault in you know, the softball team. I can find fault. You know, I, mean, I can find fault. Everywhere I go, I can find fault. But you know when I'm walking in the Spirit, you know what? I find solutions. See, Joseph didn't only say, yeah, that dream that you just had, Pharaoh, that dream that you just had, yep, you mismanaged this nation, there's going to be a drought, seven years. You're up the creek. Too bad. Stick it to him after all, right? Just, just, yeah. He goes, no, you know what? There's going to be a seven-year drought, but I, I've got a plan. It's going to benefit you greatly. You'll become the most powerful person who had ever lived up to that point, and certainly long after that point. Here's what you ought to do. During that seven years, you ought to steward all those resources, hold back, reserve some, because the next seven years, there's going to be a famine, and everyone will come to you because they will be drawn to abundance. Because the world is drawn to abundance. And one of the big things about the difference between a poverty mentality and a wealth mentality is that a poverty mentality constantly is seeking to draw resources. And a wealth mentality is looking to add value, to give value to the situation. Joe, I've been trying to uproot the poverty mentality in my life for years. And it's amazing. It's amazing, this process. And I know I've still got poverty thinking, and I still have some stuff that needs to go. But it is, it is a journey. It is, in a it is a process, some of the things that God is showing me. So let's talk practically for a few moments. When you seek to add value into every situation, you are truly seeking the kingdom first. Because there's no lack in his kingdom, right? Do you know what it says in Matthew 6? When you seek the kingdom first, what happens? All these things will be added unto you. Besides, God gets really excited when you speak good about his kids. Right, Leah? If Leah, now I don't know if this is true, but say on a scale of 1 to 10, Leah liked Leanne on a 5 that day. I guarantee you, right after she spoke that to Kristen, it went from a 5 to a 9. Y'all believe it? Y'all true? I mean, did it do something in your heart, though? It does something in your heart. I'm not, she, she was already on a 9, but, you know, 10 plus. 10 plus, right? We love expressions of love. Come on, right, church? How many of you don't love when you experience an expression of love? When people say, I love you, I value, whatever your love language is, touch, time, gifts, uh, words of affirmation, you know, do you not love to be loved? You were made for it. Just get over it. It's good. I want to be loved. I love to be touched by my wife. I love for her to speak words that say, you're amazing. Thank you, baby. You're great. I know. Thank you. I love it. I don't need it from all of you, but I want it from her. I'm just saying, we love to be loved. So does God. He also loves it when his children are being loved on. It attracts him. It draws him. And it releases more of the resources. I love it. Jeff Thompson is a phys, uh, phys, physician's assistant. And I was, we had dinner with him and Beth the other week. And it, Jeff Thompson works for Dr. Bissell. To hear him talk about Dr. Bissell was amazing. His love for Dr. Bissell 
the honor that he had for Dr. Bissell. The value. He is believing. He is praying. Like, it's like, like Jeff wants to see Dr. Bissell be the most successful doctor anywhere around here. And I'm like, yeah, you realize you are the PA, right? Like, you're the assistant, right? It's so cool, though. Like, the way Jeff wants to see the guy he's serving be blessed and to be promoted and to be honored attracts more of God into Jeff's life. You can't outgive him. You cannot outgive him. I love that heart. He is seeking to add value. How do you add value to a doctor who's probably pretty well off financially? Right? Just like how Joseph added value into Potiphar's house, added value into a whole nation, added value into Pharaoh. Man, there's a lot of ways to add value. You know, the other day I, I was in the restroom right here. This is last Sunday. And I, I looked at the seat. I was like, oh, man, there's pee all over the seat. And I thought, oh, well, it's a guy's seat. That's just the way it is. And I was like, no, wipe it up. Wipe it up. I didn't use my hands. I used some toilet paper. So I took some toilet paper and I wiped the seat. Because you know what? Everything you do is do is unto the Lord. What if that was Jesus' toilet and he was getting ready to sit on it next? You know? Like, what if that was, he was in line. Jesus, I just, <laughs> just clean it up for you. I'll even warm it up for, for a few minutes. So, you know, I mean, you just, you add value to everything. Well, it's just a toilet. It's just a toilet. If you can't add value to a toilet, how are you going to add value to a palace? So that's where Joseph started. He started cleaning toilets. He added value to toilets. He added value when no one was looking. He was true to who he was. He stayed true to who he was. He added value when he was in the bottom of the prison underneath in a dungeon. He added value. He brought life. And it caught God's attention. Remember when the guy said, uh, it was Peter and one of the other apostles, and they were sitting there, and the guy says, he's a beggar, he's, he's crippled. He says, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And they said, silver and gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus, look out, be healed, get up. Now we say, oh, man, so cool. He said, get up. Like that's not the highlight of the verse. Get up is not the power of the verse. It's in the name of Jesus. That's the key. He was so confident that his presence, he was so abiding in his presence. He knew if he threw, you know, he knew, like, hey, this is not some magic wand. In the name of Jesus. Oh, it didn't work. Right? No, he is so connected to Jesus that he knew. He spoke in the name of Jesus. Get up. He released Jesus and his provisions in that situation. And the man got up and walked. A couple other practical ways. Man, look at the resources Jesus said, man, when did it, the guy said, hey, when did we see you naked and clothe you? Jesus said, as you've done unto the least of these, you've done unto me. Jesus said, when did we see you naked? When did we see you hungry? When were you in prison? When were you sick? And they're like, I don't get it. We didn't do this unto you. Jesus said, as you've done unto the least of these, you've done unto me. If you look at each one of those things, these are valuable resources that we possess. Time is a valuable resource that we possess. You went and visited them when they were in jail? That's a valuable gift. You added value to someone's life that was in jail. Someone that's sick? Like, think, I've never been, like, sick long-term, but, man, 
Go visit someone that's sick. You don't tell me you didn't make their day. Tell me you didn't just make their day. You added value. And Jesus said, as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. In other words, you do it to my kids, you might as well be doing it to me. And I'm attracted by that. And I will gladly give you more because I know you're not using it to build your own little personal kingdom. You're using it to actually advance the kingdom. Here you go. Here's an abundance for every good work and deed that I have planned for you to do. How about this? Be on time. You want to add value? Show up a little bit early. Just honor that. Recognize that. You don't get that back. You don't get time back, right? Walking from your car to the church, you see a little bit of dirt. I mean, not dirt. You see a little bit of trash. Yeah, don't pick up the dirt. <laughs> Leave the dirt there. Pick up trash. Add value to this building. Let's steward the resources. I promise you it's not need that attracts God the most. It's, it's resources well stewarded attracts them more than need. Let that sink in. A lot of times we think it's he who gets the most need gets most of God. It's actually resources that are the best stewarded gets more of God. To him who has, more shall be given. Oh, you were good with five, now you get ten. You weren't good with two, the one that had two, you don't get two. Give it to the one that has ten. Well, that doesn't sound fair. So it's stewarding the resources God's given us. How else can we add? Practical ways. Speak words that add value into people, into situations. Prophetic words last week added value, and I'm getting ready to wrap up. Peace in a situation. Wisdom. Remember the boy? He had two fish and five loaves. What can this possibly do? He added that. He gave what he had, and it fed 5,000. His lunch became an encounter for thousands of people. My lunch... A natural substance became a supernatural doorway for thousands of people to encounter God. What do you have? You've got something. You have something to add value. I, this week, um, Jeff, I was, I was talking to Jeff Belshan. Can you get a chair right there for me, Mitch? And uh, Jeff is um, on the softball team, and Matt, and it's been great getting to know Matt. And Jeff and Amy. Amy's here this morning. Can you wave your hand, Amy? Just want everyone to see who you are. Amy and Jeff, uh, I'm really excited for you guys because are you guys getting ready to go to the Voice of Prophets up in Pennsylvania? When are you leaving? This Tuesday morning? All right, so I, he started to tell me about this trip. And I don't know, if y'all don't know Amy, you guys have been here like since the beginning of time. This church, since the time, since, since the beginning of this church. I mean, y'all been here for the long haul, right? And so Amy's been diagnosed with MS, is that right, Amy? So she's been fighting this incredible battle incredible battle you know and we're believing and I know I know I mean they're going up to encounter God's presence and I'm sure they're just ex they're, they're, there's an expectancy to meet God yeah. Yeah. what that's going to look like I don't know but I, I had this idea how many of y'all want to add value to what they're about to do yeah. does anyone want to add value yeah. I want to add value so I'm going to ask the worship team to come up this morning this is what we're going to do this right here is to sow into their week. It costs gas money to get there. It costs meals, the tickets, and everything else, taking time off of work and all of that. So I'm just going to ask, we can add value, and as a result, we can participate with God in what he's about to do in the Belshan's lives. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of excited. <laughs> I'm kind of excited. So here's the encouragement this morning. 
there's youth in here. There's, you know, there might be a few children. I don't care if you have a quarter and that's all you possess. The boy had a brown bag lunch. Take what you have or what you're willing to give this morning. Throw it into this basket. If it's a check, make it out to Amy Belshan. If it's cash, leave it in the basket. Everything that gets put in this basket is going towards their trip this week. And we're going to believe that God is just going to increase because we're, we're participating with Him. We get to participate. Whatever God does in Pennsylvania at Voice of the Prophets, I, was, I had a part of that. And I'm excited. We're just going to agree right now in Jesus' name. Y'all, let's, let's just pray over in that direction for Amy and Jeff right now. Somebody in here that's got it really on them, come grab the mic and pray for Jeff and Amy, would you please? Quickly. 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 Jesus, I thank you so much. God, we give you glory and honor for what you're about to do, Lord. We praise your holy name. Jeff and Amy are a blessing to this body, God, and we send them out with a blessing from this family. We send them into Your will, Lord, in Jesus' name. By faith, God, we stand on who You say You are, Jesus. Jesus, we send them in Your name. We bless them in Your name. God, may they go knowing that they're sent with family rooting them on and expectant to see what You're going to do and that a family that can't wait to receive them back. And hear the testimony of your goodness and your faithfulness in their life in the land of the living God. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Y'all, I just I want to agree and believe this morning that more than enough will cover every expense they have for this trip. Their meals will be covered, their gas will be covered, the cost of the time of work off of work will be covered. More than enough. And Father, we just know that there is no sickness in your kingdom. We declare that every knee shall bow at the name of Jesus Christ. Every sickness, every disease that has tried to come against Amy in the name of Jesus Christ, it will bow. That bondage will be broken. And we declare victory in the mighty name of Jesus. The Amy may arise and come forth and into her purpose and calling, Father, that you have ordained since before she was formed in the womb. And we just believe, Father, as her brothers and sisters in Christ, and we declare victory that she will come forth with the light of Christ shining through her like never before. And when she lays hands on somebody, they will be immediately healed. We thank you for your power, Lord, your love for her and her family. And we just declare your goodness, grace, and mercy uh, will shine forth from their lives. In Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. Everybody agree? Yeah. Yeah. So I want you to stand this morning. We're gonna, just going to close. I want, I want the prayer teams, if we can get prayer teams to come up. Just felt like um, the Lord just asked some questions this morning as we're closing out. So if you can just really focus on this. Or really, from what Daniel has just declared and asked us this morning, what the Lord's asking, you know. Are you going to take, are we going to take our position? Just like Joseph, he didn't, he didn't really get to choose that position. He, he got put in that position. And so I just pray, uh, are we going to take our position? Are we going to be positioned to be more like him? Are we going to take our seat 
seated in heavenly places? Are we going to be positioned for his presence? Are we going to be positioned to make a difference, to add value, just like we're adding value to Shane, I mean, uh, Jeff and Amy right now? Are you going to choose to add value in every situation, every circumstance that you're in? Just, I want you to look for that this week. I'm just going to, I'm going to pray over this this week, that we have supernatural eyes to see and hear where he is asking us to add value this, this week. He's going to give you divine opportunities, divine moments where you can add value, but you're going to have to step into it. That's taking your position. That's that positioning yourself to do it. It's not going to, you're not going to be positioned by just getting up and doing your own thing and doing your, your day-to-day. I just tell you that. I just don't think it's going to be there. It's going to be there when you have eyes to see and ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. So can I pray that over us? You want to receive that this morning? Just to be positioned this morning, to be to, to in that place. So Lord, Lord, we just want to position ourselves to be in this place of adding value to every place. And I know that comes from your presence. So Lord, first and foremost, we're asking for just a week a divine week of your presence, that it would actually be so almost like overwhelming that we would like, golly, no wonder. I've I've been missing out on some presence. I've been missing out on just day-to-day interactions because these moments that I am getting to add value are so overwhelming. And so, Lord, I pray you would overwhelm us with those moments of life-giving value, that you're going to surprise us. We'll be like, oh my gosh, I didn't know picking that piece of paper up or or, or doing those things, Lord, would even add value. But I see it. I see it. And so, Lord, I just pray that over us right now. Just put you in a position to receive. You just want to lift your hand or you just want to put your hand in your heart, whatever that is. But, Lord, I receive this morning the, the position that you've given us to be seated next to you, to be seated in that place of your presence, to be seated in that place that we have authority to declare and we have authority to speak presence into existence in this nation, in this uh, New River Valley, into my workplace, into my school, into wherever I'm at. God, I have the authority to add value to that place. Lord, just like we've added value, Lord, we've said yes to, 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 to Jeff and Amy, God, because we believe in them. We believe in the healing that you're going to be, you're giving uh, Amy, that you're, you've already done, Lord God, that you're uh, in the midst of doing, Lord, we're asking for a divine encounter for them in Jesus' name. We're asking for supernatural healing over Amy's body. We're asking a divine uh, place of your presence in, that, in, in Pennsylvania as they go or wherever it's at. Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name your kingdom in that. But, Lord, open our eyes to see this week places for value, your presence adding value in us through us. In Jesus' name, we ask for that. Amen? Amen. I want you to come get prayer if you need to this morning. These guys and gals are up here to pray for you. If you need physical healing, if you need salvation this morning, you don't know the Lord, come find somebody. They'll pray for you. Uh, Anything you need this morning, come get. Have a great week. Look Look for opportunities.